1: This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things HABs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, so I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 221 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co host, the editor in chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports. Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? Lovely Saturday, isn't it? It is.
2: A lovely Saturday. Um, I'm, I'm doing well, thanks for asking. Um, how about you? You were out uh, a little late last night. A uh, bit of a scouting mission, or, or thereabouts?
0: Yep. Uh, you got some boots on the ground for last night's Laval game against Belleville. Um, got, uh, I, I guess, a nice deal on some tickets from uh, Ticket IQ, seven dollars in the lower bowl, uh, Road G, just behind uh, the Belleville net. So that was it was a great time too. I enjoyed that quite a bit. I'll, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that later, but uh, what did you think about the game last night? You were all cozied up at home, I presume?
2: Yeah, I was watching the game. In fact, the, the whole Rocket Sports team, um, uh, there was uh, Amy Johnson, she was covering the game. There was um, uh, Chris G, he was in the press box just above you uh, at Plas Bell. So um, all eyes on that game in, in Laval, which we'll talk about uh, in a short time.
0: Yeah, I tried waving to Chris G. I could see him from where I was, <laughs> but uh, he, he either he didn't see me or he ignored me. So. Oh, he's very I, into fine. Yeah, oh, He's very focused, very focused. <laughs> I, I'll forgive you, Chris G. But uh, like I said, we'll get into uh, everything Laval Rocket in just a few moments. Uh, first here on uh, this episode, we'll get you up to date on everything Montreal Canadiens from the past week. Uh, we'll take a dive into Habs prospects. And then in segment two, we're gonna play a game called Change My Mind. We'll talk about some of the most talked about uh, topics in Habs Land, uh, a couple interesting ones, and uh, excited for the debates to happen. In segment three, of course, it's the Have Your Say segment. Our Canadians Connection question of the week, will Kirby Dock become a Canadians' second-line centre? We want to hear from you, and uh, Rick, if people have any bold opinions about this, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out to us?
2: Yeah, about the question of the week, or anything else. uh, Text us at 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. If you have a little more to say, uh, then send us an email at info at allhabs.net.
0: You can also reach out on social media at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out the website, canadiansconnection.com. So this past week, we had, I guess, three games, uh, all out west, all late nights. So please make sure you check out those comprehensive game previews and post-game recaps for every ha- every Montreal Canadiens game at allhabs.net. Uh, if you weren't interested in, uh, you know, brewing the pot of coffee at, uh, I guess, 9, 10 p.m. to stay up for those games, we had you covered. Uh, on the 3rd of December, Montreal falls to Edmonton 5-3. to The Oilers scored four in the second period. Uh, Montreal takes 23 penalty minutes. McDavid scores twice, uh, although Montreal did seem to have the better of the possession stats.
2: But it was a special teams, and, and the Oilers went three for five on on the power play in that second period. It started right at the end, bad penalty uh, that I took on uh, Connor McDavid, but it was really unnecessary. And then uh, everything kind of unraveled in that second period for the Canadians.
0: And on December the 5th, uh, it was a bit of a wild game. Uh, if you were like me and a lot of other people out there, you watched Montreal go up 4 nothing in the first period but then you woke up and found out that Vancouver won 7-6 in the shootout. So late, late game. Um, I guess a lot of people were quite disappointed when they woke up the next day. You would think that a 4-0 lead would be sustainable and that you could, you know, just let that game happen and walk away. But no, there, there was quite a bit that uh, we ended up missing out on. Uh, the game got tied 6-6 to uh, in the third period. Went to overtime, which solved nothing, and then in the shootout, Vancouver came uh, victorious. Uh, Canucks outshot Montreal thirty-two to twenty-five.
2: What a wild game! Just a wild game, and and at the end of the first period, four nothing Montreal, and I, I won't I won't say who it was, but one of the commentators said, "All right, the Canadians have scored all the goals." In fact, uh, they they assumed that that's what Marty St. Louis would tell be telling uh, his team in. Uh, in the intermission that the Canadians had scored all the goals they needed for that night. Now they just needed to play safe the rest of the game. And I thought, my goodness, uh, you never want to tell a team to play safe. Uh, Always keep pushing. And it was just um, a crazy game, particularly that third period with the lead going back and forth and and, uh, the Canadians losing in uh, a, a shootout um but it was it was uh, sorry in overtime um it, it was early in overtime it was uh um one of these typical what's becoming more typical high scoring um you know potent offense uh that we're seeing with goal scoring way up in the national hockey league
0: montreal did finally get a win uh, on december the 6th uh, the second half of a back to back in seattle Uh, Montreal 4, Seattle 2 You can credit Jake Allen for this win I think Uh, Montreal was actually outshot 33-16 Martin Jones reverting back to his old Philadelphia form uh, Getting scored on uh, 4 times on 16 shots Uh, Jake Allen bailed out the team quite a bit But uh, I think the most talked about thing here Is uh, Shane Wright gets his first NHL goal Against the Montreal Canadiens Because of course that's exactly how this would go
2: for sure just uh, the the Hollywood script uh, Shane Wright uh, gets the goal but also uh, a real special night for Jonathan Kovacevic who got his first career uh, NHL goal uh, but yes this was this is another odd one Canadians just four shots in the first period four shots in the second period and they scored three times which uh, you mentioned Martin Jones didn't have a very good second period in that um, but Jake Allen uh, bested uh, his uh, counterpart on this night.
0: So the Canadians record currently 13-11-2. That's 28 points. They move back one spot to 21st in the NHL, but uh, still kind of uh, lingering in between, not at the bottom, not in the playoffs, and uh, we'll continue to keep you up to date on everything there. Please check out Habs Notepad and Habs features as posts appear regularly at allhabs.net. Taking a look at our roster news, Brendan Gallagher will be out at least two weeks with a lower body injury. The injury was suffered Monday night against Vancouver.
2: Yeah, um, the injuries are unfortunately starting to uh, pile up, um, and uh, and Brendan, Brendan Gallagher, um, it's uh, the the word was at least two weeks. Um, uh, so that's it, it, it's hard because uh, we know that uh, Brendan Gallagher was looking forward to a full off season and he arrived and he, he said how good he felt um, and uh, maybe wasn't putting up points, but um, had a good start to to the season uh, early on anyway. And then, um, yeah, said uh, uh, this is a, a setback for him, obviously.
0: David Savard has an upper, upper body injury. Sean Monahan has a lower body injury. As of Friday, December 9th, it doesn't look like there's any major updates. Uh, both players will continue to be evaluated.
2: Yeah, David Savard hasn't played since the 3rd of December. Uh, we know that Sean Monaghan, um, you know, that game that he wanted to play so badly uh, in Calgary, he arrived uh, with a, a walking boot. So um, we, we know he's been uh, dealing with some, some issues as well.
0: Mike Hoffman and Jonathan Drouin are uh, practicing in regular jerseys. Uh, Drouin has not played since November the 12th. Hoffman has not played since November the 19th. But it looks like Mike Hoffman could be a go for tonight, Saturday, December the 10th.
2: Yeah, it looks like we'll see uh, Mike Hoffman back. Um, and um, um, Jonathan Duran was practicing as an extra on the uh, fourth line, at least in the game day skate. Um, so he likely won't play Saturday night, but uh, is 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 available, uh, it seems.
0: But uh, for some good news, Nick Suzuki was named the Molson Cup winner for the month of November. Suzuki led the team with eight goals and six assists uh, for 14 points. Um, Suzuki, uh, uh, he's had a pretty good season so far, probably one of the best Habs players, along with uh, Cole Caulfield. He
2: was just happy. Nick Suzuki said he was happy to be able to um, enjoy the award uh, without his sidekick. Uh, yeah. the, the two of them <laughs> shared uh, that award in uh, the, for the month of, of October. Uh, Nick Suzuki gets it all to
1: himself uh, for November.
0: So now I think it's a good time to take a look at our Habs Prospect Report.
1: This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report. Your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network.
0: So uh, here on uh, the Habs Prospect Report, we usually take a look around all the various different leagues, CHL, AHL, ECHL, NCAA, Europe, and uh, we give you an update on some Habs prospects. The race I've been most invested in is Joshua Waugh versus Riley Kidney, both in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and on different teams. Very similar stats, but uh, Joshua Waugh right now, 43 points in 26 games. Riley Kidney falls behind to 41 points in 28 games. Tight battle between the two. at one point, they had basically the same stat line. So Joshua was pulling away a little bit with a couple games in hand, and uh, I'll make sure I keep everybody up to date week to week on that. Rick, uh, who were you taking a look at this week?
2: Uh, Philippe Machar. Um, it was, you know, th- there was some uh, question about where was the best place uh, for Philippe Machar to play. Um, the Canadians decided that would be the OHL and the Kitchener Rangers, who owned his rights. Uh, And, and he's, he's flourished Um, on Friday night uh, against the Niagara ice dogs. Kitchener Rangers uh, won handily five to one. Philippe Mishar had two goals uh, that uh, those were his ninth and 10th goals of the season. Um, Earlier in the week, uh, Kitchener beat uh, the Peterborough Pete four to three. And in that game, Mishar had two assists. So um, adding to his point totals before um, before he's off to the World Juniors, and we're going to talk about that in a minute.
0: Yeah, we'll circle back to the World <laughs> Juniors. But first here, uh, let's give you an update on the Laval Rocket. They had three games this past week, uh, starting back on December the 3rd. Uh, they took a trip into Abbotsford, and it would be a back-to-back. Um, Abbotsford wins the first game 7-5, to five. Uh, goals, 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 and not great goaltending from either team. Um, Abbotsford, uh, they get 27 shots. Uh, the Rocket actually led with 31 shots. Uh, the power play for both teams was a little bit weird. Uh, the Rocket went 3 for 7 on the power play. The Canucks went 2 for 7 on the power play. The Rocket got a total of 35 penalty minutes. The Canucks got 27. So that's a bit of a sloppy game for both teams, I think.
2: Uh, 13 goals, uh, in those two games for Abbotsford. For the most part, uh, those belong to Kevin Poulin. Uh, didn't play particularly well, uh, and, and hasn't had a, a a strong season. It was kind of odd, uh, for us to see him go back to back in 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 consecutive days in Abbotsford. Um, just a reminder that Caden uh, Primo was not on that trip. Um, he suffered a, an injury while he was on the on the bench. Uh, with Joe Verbedek being called up. And, and Joe Verbedek came up late in that, or was uh, placed in for his first action uh, late in that uh, Sunday game against Abbotsford. Um, and um, hard to evaluate. I mean, coming in cold, and, and uh, but, but he looked pretty good and, and gave up just one goal. He'll get his first opportunity uh, for an AHL start. That is Joe Verbedek um, in the Saturday matinee against uh, Belleville.
0: Yeah, on the fourth, uh, the second game against Abbotsford, uh, Abbotsford doubled up uh, Laval 6-3. to three. Uh, Once again, the Rockets led in the shots uh, department, but uh, their power play went 1-7, for seven, which I think was a pretty big difference in that game. Uh, another game in which Kevin Poulin did not look great. But uh, last night, uh, December the 9th, uh, the game that I managed to attend, uh, I thought Kevin Poulain actually looked decent. Um, he wasn't tested a ton, but he made some timely saves. Only got scored on the one time as uh, Belleville took the game 2-1 uh, to one in the shootout. Bit of a boring game. You know it's a boring game when uh, the crowd starts doing the wave at one point. <laughs> uh, not my favorite thing to be a part of, but uh, I, was, um, I, I did participate. You participated. Uh, the, yeah, I did participate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Sens very injured team. Uh, They don't have many of the regular guys in the lineup, but uh, Mad Sogard, their goaltender, just returned from injury. That was his first game back. He looked pretty decent. I felt like going into this game, Laval had an opportunity to be a little bit more dominant. as uh, Like I said, the the B Sens are quite injured at the moment. But uh, the Sens were the better team for at least the first half of the game. Uh, it, It wasn't even close. Laval was being dominated in the shot department. But a bit of a momentum shift happened after uh, Xavier Cimino, uh took, a, 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 I think it was a stick to the face, a bit of an odd play, hard to see in the replay. I didn't really catch it live, but uh, he looked like he was in a lot of pain, tried to get back to the Laval bench, couldn't quite make it. And uh, unfortunately for him, he was uh, carried off in a stretcher. Uh, sounds like he uh, was taken to the hospital as a precautionary uh, measure. Hopefully he'll be okay, but uh, after that, it seemed like the B Sens really backed off and uh, Laval was able to gain some life. Uh, the game uh, was 1 1 at the end of regulation, but uh, in the shootout, Igor Sokolov for the B Sens uh, got the winner, and uh, Mads Sogard made a couple nice saves against the Laval shooters.
2: Yeah, it was um, that semino play was, was odd because it was a grouping of players. Of of players in front of the Lavelle net. It looked like, to me, it looked like friendly fire. It looked like Joel Teasdale's stick uh, caught uh, Simeno, and, uh, and he tried to make it off, and, and uh, just near the blue line went down. And um, it, it didn't look like um, there was, uh, you know, it, it was an issue of a cut. Not a lot of blood on the play. and uh, But anyway, as you said, um, uh, taken to hospital, um, and uh, the, ro- the rocket have not yet, as, as we record, uh, updated his condition, but, but saying that it was for uh, precautionary purposes uh, kind of makes us feel that uh, hopefully it wasn't that serious.
0: Yeah, for sure. But uh, I guess on the note of my overall game experience in Laval. I know not uh, everybody has had an opportunity to get out and see the Laval Rocket, but uh, full credit to them. I can say that Place Bell is a, a lovely venue. Uh they have some pretty decent uh, uh intermission entertainment and whatnot. Uh I mentioned a little bit earlier. I managed to scoop up a couple uh, cheaper tickets uh, in the lower bowl, uh, section uh, 114 row G, so not too far back from the ice and uh I brought my friend Arya, who's from Indonesia. First time watching hockey, so quite an experience for him. He was super excited about all of that. Uh, I mentioned uh, people were doing the wave. I only did it because Arya was very excited to do the wave. <laughs> I don't think that's something that he's experienced at all from uh, where he's from. Uh, he was very impressed with the the physicality and uh, the overall speed and uh, Really awesome crowd, too, in Laval. A uh, very underrated crowd. Uh, they stuck with it, even though, like I said, a bit of a boring game. Uh, people were, you know, still getting very excited, cheering on the team, uh, doing their Let's Go Rocket cheer. And uh, Arya had a great experience. I had a good night, too. And uh, honestly, $7 for uh, six rolls back on Ticket IQ, that was a bit of a score for me, I think.
2: That's terrific. Um, yeah, the the Upper Bowl wasn't open in Plas Bell. Uh, last night Uh, but still 7,000 fans and and uh, it gets loud in there and 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 the game presentation that that the Rocket do is is uh, is really quite engaging for the fans and fans have a lot of fun Um, it it really is uh, um, you know it they say it's a, a mini Bell Center and 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 that's pretty accurate um it's it's a lot of fun for for fans to be uh, in the stands at at a at a very affordable price
0: yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's kind of the main difference for me. Not always feasible to go to uh, the Bell Center for a Montreal Canadiens game as much as I'd like to be there most nights. Uh, uh, it's a little bit pricey, so you know, taking a look at what they're doing at Place Bell, uh, you can usually find a nice deal. And uh, even even if you buy them directly from Ticketmaster, usually pretty cheap. So I recommend checking that out if you've not had a chance yet. That's great. Uh, The Rockets record currently 7-13, 3-1. That's 30th in the AHL, so uh, still not doing very well there. Um, Upcoming games for the Rocket, we mentioned there's going to be a matinee today. Uh, It's a back-to-back against Belleville, so there'll be an action against Belleville. And uh, Joe Bervedic, he's going to get his first start in the AHL, so excited to see what he can do. Uh, They get a few days off in between, though. Uh, December the 14th, Laval's going to travel to Utica. They did beat Utica not too long ago, so maybe this is an opportunity to get rolling again.
2: And always, uh, Utica, I mentioned Bell is fun to see a game. It's it's a, a lot of fun to watch a game in uh, in Utica. A very intense crowd there.
0: So we mentioned World Juniors. Uh, this is going to be our time to talk about this a little bit. Canadians' prospects at the 2023 World Junior Championships. Well, there's potential that there's quite a few of them. Uh, starting off uh, Team Canada, Selection Camp uh, attendees are Riley Kidney, Joshua Waugh, Owen Beck. Uh, the United States, uh, their preliminary roster includes Lane Hudson. Sweden's preliminary roster includes Adam Engstrom. Slovakia's roster includes Philip Machar. Uh, Austria Selection Camp includes Vincenzo Rohrer. Uh, Finland awaiting announcement on Oliver Kapanen. There's potential that he can get in. Invited to that team as well. So, uh, Rick, what what are your thoughts on all these selections so far?
2: Well, it's uh, and and uh, you use different phrases to describe uh, yeah, each, each of one. the each uh, country, and that's because each of them goes through a different process. Uh, Slovakia, uh, their roster is is pretty much uh, decided. You know, and, uh, um, there may be injuries and that sort of thing, but Philippe Machar will be at uh, the World Junior Championships in in uh, Moncton. We don't know about the others. Canada, for example, is a selection camp. They have 29 players, I believe, at the camp and have to get down to 23. Um, Similarly, you know, the preliminary rosters of the United States and Sweden. Uh, Although if Lane Hudson isn't on the U.S. team, I'd be absolutely shocked. Um, so we'll talk more about uh, the World Juniors uh, once we have final rosters from each one of these countries, but uh, really exciting to see such a, um, you know, a, a, a healthy number of, of prospects uh, potentially at the World Juniors, uh, Canadians' prospects at the World Juniors.
0: Yeah, the time of year is almost here for the World Junior Championships, and uh, I'm excited to get a look at some of these guys on a bigger stage. For sure. So be sure to read all the content at ahl.report. Also, listen to and subscribe to the Press Zone, as that comes out every Tuesday. They keep you up to date on all things HABS prospects and ahl. So now it's time for our quotes of the week. Uh, We have, I guess, uh, an interesting quote coming from Igor, or sorry, Yuri Slavkovsky. There's no audio for this one, but uh, he talked a little bit about the World Juniors and Shane Wright. Uh, Rick, I'll let you take the lead on this.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that uh, that that it's not in uh, the the audio or the uh, video that was made available by the Canadians. It it seems to be have been edited out. Um, But Slavkovsky said that he had not yet been uh, contacted by the Slovak uh, Hockey Federation. Um, But you would imagine that there has been some dialogue between the Canadians and the Slovaks and and all indications. uh, There's no official announcement about whether Juraj Slavkovsky is going to attend the World Juniors, but all the indications are no. Um, all the indications are no, he will not be there. Um, and, 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 uh, yuri joked and said, um, I read your articles. Um, I, I believe there's been no decision. Um, why don't you ask them and, uh, then I'll read Twitter afterwards? Is, is what his quote Oof. was. Um, so, um, yeah, that was, that was. So- not included in the, in the Canadians uh, uh, when they released the 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 uh, media availability, and yeah, and I'll just mention the other the 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 other part of that is uh, that um, I I thought I thought it was interesting. He was asked about uh, Shane Wright. Of course, it was Slavkovsky versus uh, Shane Wright. Shane Wright uh, had done a conditioning stint in the AHL. He had been recalled by. Uh, the Kraken, just before the game against the Canadians, Shane Wright, as you mentioned, got his his first career NHL goal. Um, and Slavkovsky was asked about that. And his quote was, maybe it was a special game for him, but personally I try to focus on my own game, uh, not the opposing team. But I should say we're not enemies. We we talk to each other and and are happy for each other. It's good that he, was, he scored his first goal. Um, career goal against us but when i saw it um he also got an assist and i thought i had to get i had to get one too which um got a, an assist in, in the game or people were going to say that i was the biggest bust of the draft um and i thought that was was a humorous and and uh, i'm not sure why that was uh that was edited out but uh, it it was Um, It was an, you know, we look onward and, and, you know, there's always talk about comparing the two and, and the two will be linked forever in, in their career. Um, But um, Uri recognizes that as well.
0: Yeah, nice Nice to see Yuri uh, have a bit of a sense of humor about that stuff. Nice that he actually got that assist, if that was his goal, too, uh, to even that out. Uh, I have to say, personally, I'm a little bit disappointed that uh, we, he's probably not going to the World Juniors, but uh, I understand the decision from uh, that standpoint. Uh, We also have some audio coming in uh, from uh, Jake Struble, uh, one of the Habs prospects playing the NCAA uh, on his, uh, he's gonna talk about his goal of joining the Canadians. Yeah, of course, um, they're the team that drafted me, um, you know, long storied franchise. I think it's, you know, a great place to play. Um, You know, Jordan Harris, uh, you know, my teammate, obviously is doing very well there. If everything works out, I'd I'd be, I'd love to go to Montreal. Um, You know, nothing but respect for them. And then obviously, you know their new hires and everything is, is huge for me so definitely would be you know a nice place to play it was nice to
2: hear from Jaden strubel uh in that um we, we you know at northeastern um and we don't often hear um those prospects interviewed but uh he sounds excited uh his his goal is firmly uh, is is fixed on uh, joining the canadians and his former teammate uh, Jordan Harris, and um, hopefully he, he's having a good season. Hopefully he has an opportunity to uh, um, uh, have a good camp in the fall, and uh, and it would be interesting to see him um, and paired with uh, they're, they're both um, play the left-handed. Uh, they're both left-handed defensemen, but it would be uh, interesting to see th- those two defensemen um, paired together because uh, Struble and Harris are, are certainly different uh Jaden Struble more in the lines of a, a of an Arber kind of defenseman.
0: Yeah, always nice to hear from the prospects. Uh, I know we talk a lot about them in uh, a little bit earlier in this segment, uh, but it's nice to hear their perspectives on things and uh, nice to hear from Jaden Struble for sure. Uh we also have some audio coming in from uh, Jonathan Kovacevic. Uh he was very excited the other night uh, when he scored his first NHL career goal. Yeah, it's been dream come true, really. I mean, it's been something that I've worked for too. It's kind of, everyone has a different path and I feel like I've kind of taken the longer road to get here. And, you know, that kind of comes with I feel like I have more gratitude. I have a lot of appreciation for where I'm at and I just, I know I'm not going to be perfect and I just want to, you know, keep building off, off of the start. You know, take everything as a learning lesson, the good plays, the bad plays, and and kind of use that to just grow into being the best player I can be.
2: He's very quiet, very humble, very cerebral, very introspective. Um, and I thought it was important, you know, he's, he said it was a dream come true. Um, and, but I thought it was important that he, he mentioned that, it, you know, it was a very different path for him. Um, not not a not a direct path like a Shane Wright who who scored his first career goal on the same night. And sometimes it takes longer, and sometimes there's, you know, um, it, it's not a direct jump to the NHL. And that uh, the perseverance that it takes uh, to go through all of that and follow a different path and stay confident and stay positive. Um, I thought that was, you know, that that that's something even for. Uh, younger players that uh, they can they can apply that um, how important it is to, uh, to to keep that belief in yourself and and follow your own path and not necessarily the path decided by uh, someone else
0: yeah that's a very uh, mature way to look at it and uh, I enjoyed hearing from Kovacevic on that our uh, last quote for this week uh, that comes sure. from Nick Suzuki and uh, he's making a prediction for Cole Caulfield.
1: 50 for sure. We'll see, though. He's got a... We'll try to get him 50 this year and see
0: where that goes.
2: 50 for sure. So he was asked by reporters, um, what do you think about 50 for, for uh, Cole Caulfield? And, uh, you know, the easy way, the easy answer would be, you know, for him to, to tamp that down and, and say, no, um, you yeah, know, we'll see how it goes and he's having a good season and all the... You know the the typical kind of canned answers that you might hear, but he he dove right into it and said, Fif- "Yeah, fifty for sure, and we're going to help him get there." Uh, I thought that was uh, a very refreshing answer from the Canadians' captain.
0: Yeah, I've long loved the bromance between Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, and uh, I'm glad it's going to be able to continue going forward. <laughs> Uh, taking a look uh, around the uh, NHL, uh, we have some general hockey news. Uh, to start things off, the IIHF has announced uh, their honorees uh, into the IIHF Hall of Fame for 2023. And that includes former Canadian's goaltender, Crystal ball Huey I liked this goalie quite a bit growing up. Uh, he was one of my favorite guys to watch. Always seemed to make the big saves and whatnot. Um... Throughout his career, uh, I, I think in the NHL was never really on top, but uh, certainly internationally he had quite a bit of success. Uh, he went to the two most recent Olympics uh, that uh, France was at. Uh, crystal Ball being from France, a, a team that I don't think is necessarily known for having a long history with hockey, but uh, he made some appearances for them. Uh during uh 13 uh, world championships, France played 80 games. Huey was a net for 54 of those games, so uh certainly a great international career for Crystal Ball Huey.
2: Absolutely. Um longevity, um, I think is is what got him. He played well into his forties, uh, and represented uh France internationally and represented them well and and uh uh, you know the the media release from the IIHF. IIHF said that he was the best and most successful goaltender in the history of hockey in France, and I I think that's fair. Uh, his NHL career was was kind of up and down, and 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 but that's not why he's he's been in. You know that that was, those weren't the credentials for his in, induction necessarily. Um, I think he was you know he was a good positional goaltender um get him moving laterally and and he was done and 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 of course that was uh he was his game his his style uh was was more adaptable to the internet, international game than uh, the the smaller uh, north american ice um, of course he was you said you you loved watching him you're a big fan of him he was a huge fan favorite uh, by uh uh, Canadians fans and and NHL fans, um, he just had a great personality. And when he was there, when Carey Price arrived, and um, he was, I, I think, Guy Carboneau was was also one of his biggest fans because um, Carboneau just wouldn't stop putting him in the in in the net. And and it was Bob Gainey who was like, okay, um, we we'd like our our young prospect. Um, our superstar prospect to get in the, in the net um, and, um, and ended up having to trade him uh, in order to to provide an opportunity uh, for um, Carry Price. And, and obviously that didn't go over well with fans initially. So uh, a lot of those those um, those fans who are our Christabel Huey uh, lovers uh, didn't love uh, Carry Price initially. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought this was uh, this was a, a great honour uh, from the IIHF.
0: On Friday, uh, the Quebec National Assembly honoured members of the 1972 Summit Series. Uh, the 50-year anniversary for that was a lot earlier this year. And, uh, Rick, what can you tell us about this one?
2: We don't talk about politics on the the Canadians' connection, but in this case... It was politicians talking about hockey. Uh, so it was the Quebec National Assembly on Friday uh, that recognized the, the 72 Summit Series. And some of the players uh, from um, what's called the Series of the Century were in the gallery. Uh, they include uh, former Canadians, uh, Yvonne Cornuier, Guy Lapointe, Serge Savard, Ken Dryden, Pete Mahovlich, Frank Mihalic, uh Rod Sealing was also there and the politicians all paid tribute um, to uh, this, this great uh, team, this uh, uh, momentous um, uh, series. Um, and Francois Legault talked about it being how important it was in both a, a sports way but a, a, a political and cultural uh, and, and how that win uh, contributed to that. And um, so it was a unanimous... Um, uh, resolution, um, a motion from uh, the National Assembly assembly to commemorate uh, the players and the uh, uh, great sporting event, uh, the 72 Summit
0: Series. And uh, earlier in the week, uh, Montreal Canadiens players made their annual visit visit to three children's hospitals in Montreal. Uh, This is the first time they've been able to do it uh, since uh, the pandemic. On uh, Thursday, the Habs were equipped with Santa hats and jerseys, and uh, they were back to their usual holiday route. Uh, they went to a couple different hospitals in the Montreal area, including uh, Shriners and CHU uh, St. Justine. So great to see that uh, the Habs are back doing that. Uh, it's a great cause, and uh, you look at some of those photos, a lot of the kids seem very excited to see these players.
2: For sure. And they went in in uh, small groups and... and uh... They each came with bags, um, uh, the uh, bearing gifts, um, and uh, there was a small bag with uh, um, a scarf, a Canadian scarf, a mini stick, a ball uh, for each of the kids. Um, and these are kids that, um, it, it, because each of the three hospitals are children's hospitals, um, and uh, they're all suffering from, from, from differing uh, conditions, um, and um and and each of them uh likely to spend christmas in um in the hospital so the canadians uh every year for 50 years other than the pandemic have have done this um Carey price was there with with his cowboy hat um some of the the players had santa hats they are, they were all masks because of because of covid because of rsb because of of uh the flu and whatnot and so it was all done safely um, and for some players, um, like Cole Caulfield, this was his first experience um, being part of this. And and he seemed to really enjoy himself, as did the, the kids seeing uh, their favorite players.
0: So that's going to be a wrap on our first segment here. Coming up, we're going to hear a brand new message from our sponsors, DraftKings. And then we'll get into our big topic segment. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: Hey, hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays, Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
0: Welcome back to the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella and you can find me on Twitter at The Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at AllHabs on Twitter. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out the website, CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder here to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player and on your favorite podcast app. And welcome to our big topic segment. Uh, We're going to do something a little bit more fun this week. Uh, There are plenty of hot topics uh, surrounding the Montreal Canadiens. Lots of things developing throughout this season so far. And we're going to play a round of Change My Mind. We're going to tackle six of the hottest topics being discussed by Montreal Canadiens fans right now. And Rick, how are you feeling going into this? Uh, this is this is fun.
2: This is uh, I'm looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited about it. And uh, I believe Amy Johnson may have prepared a very special intro for this.
1: True or false? Get the answers now on the Canadians Connection.
2: Well, that's, um, yeah, it, it's uh, true or false, agree or disagree, change my mind, whatever you choose to call it. Um, we're going to make a statement. We're going to uh, read a statement, and then um, you'll be, have your opportunity to say you agree with it, you disagree with it. And uh, um, Michael and I will talk about it, and maybe, maybe some minds will be changed in the process
0: uh love that intro first of all and uh yeah very excited to get into this change my mind true or false uh we'll get into it the first uh thing that comes to mind well i, I think a hot topic around montreal canadians fans right now is arbor Jackey. so the question here or i guess the statement here is arbor jakai is he currently the biggest fan favorite on the canadians I'll start with this one. I'm actually, I'm going to say, yes, I absolutely agree that he is uh, probably the biggest fan favorite on the Canadians right now. A uh, guy that is just talked about nonstop on social media. I've seen plenty of Arbor eye uh, jerseys on the Metro uh, reverse retro jerseys with his name on it, on the Metro. Uh, so fans have really taken to this guy, his story of uh, being a guy who was undrafted and was working at Costco to being a guy in the NHL, I think has really resonated with many. And uh, I would say that he's probably the biggest fan favorite right now on this team.
2: Now Cole Caulfield fans would, would disagree and Nick Suzuki fans would disagree. And even maybe some Brendan Gallagher fans would uh, disagree. However, um, on our uh, uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash all Habs, you're not going to find one bad word about Arbor High, unless it's from those pesky Leafs fans that stop by or Bruins fans or, <laughs> uh, fans uh, from other teams who are envious that they don't have an Arbor And, um, I, I think it's, uh, you know, if, if we needed any evidence, um, uh, you look to, uh, this week's, uh, Elliot Friedman, his 32 thoughts, um, Hockey night in Canada, yeah, I believe it's it's uh, tonight in the in the um, in the uh, uh, the Canadians game, Saturday night game. Um, hockey night in Canada will have a feature on Arber Um So if Har- if uh, uh, hockey night in Canada is focusing on on the story uh, of Arber Eye, then you know he's caught the attention uh, of fans. Um, and in preparing the story, uh, Elliot Friedman uh, went around to talk to, um, uh, you know, got got imp- um, interviews and impressions uh, from fans and from from also from the Montreal Canadiens, and and he said that um, that the fans always point to his physical play, or his fighting, or but his his teammates. Uh, uh, I'll just quote from from the 32 Thoughts. His teammates went out of uh, their way to praise almost everything else. Um, Marty St. Louis said uh, he's good on the breakouts. They talked about um, how he's able to get his shot through. Uh, Brendan Gallagher talked about um, his shot um, and and that it's deceptive. Um, and, and Gallagher said, you know, if he was a one trick pony, if he was just if it was just the physical t- uh, game, he wasn't going to last that long uh, in the NHL. But he's he's, uh, you know, he, he's done more than that. Um, and uh, Jack, in, in the feature you're going to hear or watch uh, said, uh, listen, I, I've been told my whole career that I'm a goon. I'm not a goon. I've got good hands. I make good breakout passes. I try to. I pride myself on the other aspects of my game too. Although I like the physical game, so um, I, you know, make that statement, and it's it's pretty hard to change your mind that currently Arbor guy is the biggest fan favorite uh, on the Montreal Canadiens.
0: Yeah, I, I think guys like Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield. Around the league, people love those players, but uh, if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, if you're a hardcore Montreal Canadiens fan, I think you're also a pretty big Arbor Jackeye fan, unlike uh, maybe fans of other teams. So that's why I think that he is probably the biggest fan favorite on the Canadiens right now. Uh, going on to uh, our second statement here, and uh, Rick, I'll let you take the lead on this one. Uh, Caden Gooley is the best hidden shootout sniper on the Habs roster. Uh, what do you think about that, Rick?
2: Well, uh, on first uh, on fr- first blush, uh, that sounds a little silly uh, that, that Caden Goo- Gooley is the best hidden shootout sniper on the Canadiens roster. However, on Friday... Um, as part of of practice, at the end of practice. Marty St. Louis likes to keep things fresh, keep things fun. They had a shootout competition. And it was Caden Gooley that ended it and won it uh, for the red side. It was Reds against Whites. Um, And uh, he he, uh, scored on Sam Montembeau, a particularly nice goal, and he was excited. His, His squad mates were really excited um and Sam Montembo said, you know, well, he's not the worst uh, at, uh, at the shootout um, and and acknowledged that uh, that Gooley has, as uh, Sam Montembo did that he has good skills with a puck. Um, it should be mentioned and and Kaden was asked about it if he had ever uh, taken a, a shootout before in junior hockey, and he said just twice and he scored both times. So he's he has a 100% record in the shootout. Coming from junior, he was the shootout champion. Uh, he was the the game winner uh, in practice on Friday. So is, the, is he the best secret weapon uh, in the shootout uh, for Marty St. Louis? Uh, when asked about it, Gouley said, um, listen, when we get to the shootout, I usually relax, my game's over. Maybe if we got to a 17-rounder, um, but otherwise, uh, maybe not.
0: I'd like to see him get an opportunity in an NHL shootout at some point. (laughs) Um, I I guess in terms of do I agree or disagree, I guess if we're going to call it the best hidden shootout sniper, then maybe you could um, sort of agree with that. Uh, Taking a look at uh, Montreal's roster, I think some of the obvious ones that you think would be great at the shootout, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, probably a Mike Hoffman as well. Uh, If I want to look at the stats uh, career-wise, the guy who seems to be ranked the highest on the Montreal Canadiens throughout his whole career, uh, minimum 10 shootout attempts, it's actually Christian Dvorak. He's got uh, uh, 54.55% on the shootout, so... I guess I I don't know if he would count as a a hidden shootout sniper, but uh, I I guess statistically at least uh, Christian Dvorak is actually uh, the best uh, uh, shootout guy on the Habs roster right now. All right. Yeah, so I, I may have gone on a bit of a deep dive on that one. <laughs> I hope that's all right. But uh, now, like I said, I would love to see Caden uh, Gooley get an opportunity at some point. And uh, who knows? You get past those first three or four shooters. And if you still need guys, at some point his name's going to get called. So uh,
2: The goalies won't have any book on him whatsoever. So there's an advantage there.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Our uh, next statement here uh, for agree, disagree, true or false. Uh, The Laval Rocket are one of the best teams in the AHL. I'll take the start on this one. Uh, No, they're probably one of the worst right now. Uh, Last season, uh, I could have argued that they had one of the best teams in the AHL. They had a great year last season. Uh, They went on a pretty long uh, playoff run there. They looked unstoppable at various points. This season, it's pretty much the exact opposite. Something's not clicking with this team. Uh, They're... They're not winning too many this past week. Uh, they lost three straight. Uh, it's it's not going well. I think part of that has to do with uh, they just loaded this team up with uh, a lot of veteran AHL players that uh, just aren't what they used to be. Uh, they don't have the same uh, decor that they did last season as well. Uh, goaltending's not been great from Poulin or Primo. Uh, People are really starting to doubt uh, Jafool's abilities. Uh, And it's not like developments even really taking place. Uh, Guys like uh, Yessa Ulanen aren't being given the big opportunities that uh, you would hope that they'd be given. Uh, It seems like even when Primo was healthy, uh, they were going to Poulain for most of the games. So uh, it's not been great. Uh, Unfortunately, the Laval Rocket are not one of the best teams in the AHL. So it was
2: uh, with a raised eyebrow um, when the Canadians hockey operations folks said this past week that they are not internally, um, they're not really concerned about the rocket and the record. Um, and they said, we, we know that uh, uh, that Jeff Gordon, um, Ken Hughes have added to hockey operations, a hockey analytics department, a three-person um, hockey analytics department led by Christopher Boucher, um, and they announced this week that the Laval Rocket are the top offensive team in the AHL five-on-five five, according to their data, and that they are the top. They are in the top ten defensively. Um, so they declared the hockey analytics folks that the Laval Rocket are one of the best teams in the AHL. And uh, <laughs> the, the 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 data uh, the AHL uh, n- not being public with data. That's a that's an old argument and that's something that uh, we want to encourage you to listen to the press zone because we're probably going to pick this up um, uh, this discussion up on the press zone with Patrick Williams and Amy Johnson about the availability of of data. Other than a very most basic uh, data in the in the AHL, um, but if if the Montreal Canadiens are saying, you guys are you know, <laughs> don't believe your lion eyes, seeing the Canadian seeing the Laval Rocket as thirtieth in the according to our data, which is secret and we won't let you see, um, they are one of the best teams. Um, then I'd, I, you know, my question is, and, and you raised it, okay, if they're one of the best, if they're the top offensive team and one of the top 10 defensive teams, what about their goaltending? It hasn't been that good. Uh, what about coaching? Lots of questions about usage, player usage, and let us see the time on ice data, please, um, which, which we don't have access to now. Uh, coaching has been an issue, and and usage of players and leadership has been a huge issue, um, moving away a uh, brand-new captain and, and uh, alternates that uh, hasn't really worked out. Um, so this, this opens a, a bunch of other questions um, and a real discussion here, and I think presenting it here was just because it was the Montreal Canadiens' uh analytics folks that that made this declaration but uh uh i think you know i agree with you completely everything you said uh is logical um and we'd really like to get a peek at the books to to uh to be able to discuss this properly uh but i think this is a discussion that uh we want to turn over to the to the folks um at uh, the press zone to to take a little bit further
0: Well, I I think I have some personal analytics for myself that says that (laughs) I am the best uh, road hockey player out there. So, Nice. (laughs) Congratulations. uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, I I would love to see these stats too. A bit of a curious thing on their end that they could uh, come out and say that. Unfortunately, what matters right now is where they are in the standings, and that is 30th. So uh, uh, great that they seem to think that they have Uh, the best uh, offensive and defensive stats. um, That's not good enough right now if you're 30th in the AHL. So I'll leave it at that.
2: Absolutely.
0: Uh, So our next statement, the Montreal Canadiens are in a playoff hunt. Rick, I know you and I have talked about this time and time again. I'm going to let you take the lead on this. I think you'll have some interesting bits. Yeah, I think that...
2: um... Yeah, you know, it's it's easily it's easy to get seduced into uh, looking at the wild card race and seeing uh, the Canadians. You know, at one point three points out, two points out, now five points out, um, and and think that um, you know it should be easy for them to go on a on a run and 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 secure a playoff slot. But the numbers, um, the you know the. Until now, uh, the Canadians' injuries haven't necessarily been um, made an impact. They are now, um, and that's part of the game, and those things happen. But the underlying number, expected goals, the Canadians are, um, are, are much further down than, than their standings indi- indicate. The, the number that, that um, for me, the, the number that always um, really stands out is the goal differential. And when you get to the end of the season, the standings by division kind of line up. Um, you know, whoever has the best goal differential is at the top. Whoever has the worst goal differential is at the bottom. That that just that happens every year. And even if you look at this, some of the divisional standings right now, it's that it's that way. Um, particularly in the central. Um, with the Atlantic division, it's not. The Canadians are ahead of Buffalo and Ottawa, but have much worse, have a much worse goal differential than those two teams, um, which suggests that um, Buffalo and Ottawa are underperforming. Um, and, and we know that, that the Senators have been terrible in one-goal uh, one games. The Canadians have actually been pretty good. Um, and contribute to that. The Canadians are a minus 12 in that di- differential right now and I think that that sets off alarm bells telling us that no, uh, they are not in a playoff hunt and and will not be in a playoff hunt um as we go later in the season and and are, are they going to tumble all the way down and and um you know be in that bottom three? I, I don't think so, but are they going to be in the bottom. Ten, uh, I think that's that's probably about right.
0: Yeah, that's a nice one to point out. I was actually looking at these, and it's that minus twelve that really stands out. Yeah. Even when you're looking at the wild card race, um, yeah, no, I don't think there's anyone in the Atlantic or the wild card race that currently has anything uh, lower than the minus twelve. Um, looking at some of the teams that they would have to surpass. Uh, right now in the Atlantic, one, two, three, Bruins, Maple Leafs, Lightning. I don't think you're going to boot any of those guys out of uh, the top three. Uh, you look at the wild card, wild card race, and uh, the two New York teams. Uh, these are, yeah, they're doing very well right now. They're not too far outside of uh, the top three in their respective division. I don't think you're going to be able to surpass either of those right now. Montreal. Uh, 28 points in 26 games. They seem to have a few games in hand on some other teams, but uh, looking at uh, the one and two wildcard positions at the moment, uh, the New York Islanders, 34 points in 28 games, New York Rangers, uh, 33 points in 29 games. It's not too far back, but I just think overall, over the course of the season, uh, there's going to be some separation, and I don't think that Montreal is going to be able to surpass any of those teams because At least in my mind, those other teams are just that much better at the moment. I think Montreal probably starts to fall a little bit over the course of next year, but I can see them kind of being where they are right now in the standings. uh, Just a little bit on the outside looking on in. Uh, So, taking a look at our next uh, statement, this is going to be one that I'm going to take the lead on. And it's been a huge topic uh, amongst Canadians fans. It's been a pretty big topic here on the podcast as well. Uh, The statement is, Kirby Dock will remain a top six winger in the NHL. Well, I think that that should not be the plan, personally. I think that if Kirby Dock does not end up being a center, then this trade was kind of a bust, to be honest. I know that he's had some success in a top six winger role playing alongside uh, Suzuki and Caulfield. 19 points in 26 games. Uh, it's pretty good. He's had some success, so you got to be happy for the guy. Uh, in the long run, he you have to put him at center. I've, I don't think Montreal acquired him to be a winger. I don't mind putting him on the wing for a little bit to gain some confidence, to gain some success. At some point he's going to have to transition and it looks like that might even be happening today. Uh, looking at some lineups that were posted uh, for by the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, it looks like he might be lining up as that second line center. So I'm hoping he gets that opportunity. Uh, if it doesn't go well right away, that's not a bad thing. Uh, just keep sending him out there. I think he's got some good uh, mentors and guys like Monaghan. Uh, just uh, let him ride that out in center. And uh, I I don't think that Kirby Dock will remain a top six winger in the NHL.
2: I think Canadians fans, uh, many of them, have some confusion about um, you know about him being placed and 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 having and why wouldn't he have some ex- success with playing with two great players uh, who have a lot of chemistry already uh, in Suzuki and, and Caulfield and and um, if if the intention was to uh, give Doc some confidence give him some confidence with his offensive game which was basically the missing piece uh one in in Chicago he was a very good defensive uh center in in Chicago and and was deployed uh um, you know against uh, some of the top centers um, so he knows that that's that's probably the most difficult part of the game. Uh, for us, for a young center to learn uh, the the defensive responsibilities uh, that are much greater than than that of a, a winger. Uh, so putting him on the wing, letting him have some success, letting him to, uh, understand that that he can contribute and be an offensive player and and use his speed, use his size. Um, all of that was uh, successful, I think, but. Uh, you know Canadians fans shouldn't be fooled that 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 means he should stay there um because it, it's even tougher to find it uh you know it, it's one thing to find a, a a consistent top six winger, but it's even tougher to find uh one of your top two centers and and when he, when the Canadians traded for him, that was the plan. He was. Um, that was the plan to bring him in as the the second line center, um, and as you said, um, you know, if if that w- wasn't the case, then that that trades uh, um, an overpayment, if if anything. Um, the issue has been face and 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 you know, uh, last year um, he was uh, uh, for those uh, centers who had minimum of. 500 face-offs Kirby Doc was the worst in the NHL not only was he the worst in the NHL he was the worst in NHL history um, at 32 percent this year uh, uh, a little bit better at 37 percent but that's a that's a learnable skill that's a teachable skill that the the Canadians can can help him with Um, you know if it was skating mechanics if it was Um, vision or hockey IQ or, or the defensive responsibilities. That's those things are far more difficult to, to learn. He's, he's got all that. Um, So I think it was only, um, it it was only natural that it it was not, um, it was not ever a debate if he was going to be a center on the Montreal Canadians, it was when, and and yes, it, it looks like, Um, the transition will happen Saturday night against Los Angeles. Um, He'll, he'll be playing on the second line with Slavkovsky and Mike Hoffman. Um, Interesting uh, that if you ask Kirby doc himself, he's very, very um, uh, he says the right things in that his deployment is a coaching decision. He'll go where he's told by the coach. However, he says, uh, "I see myself as a center. I will always gravitate to this position." Uh, is the is um, the quote? Uh, Nick Suzuki also uh, on Friday said, um, "Kirby Doc is reliable in our zone. I know that that I can trust him if I'm the last to get back, and he's already deep. So Nick Suzuki al- already relies on him to take part of of his defensive of." Uh, role as a center. Um, And Nick has said, I'm sure eventually he'll return to the center and he'll be good there. Um, So yes, uh, Kirby Dock is the, is the player who's penciled in uh, as, as uh, the second line center for the Canadians. And will he remain a top six winger in the NHL? Uh, The, you know, I, I think it's clear we disagree with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Very good points there, and um, I'm excited to see what Kirby Doc can do at uh, center going forward. Assuming he's continued uh, to give that opportunity. Our uh, next, uh, I think our final statement here, uh, Rick, you're going to take the lead on this one. Kerry Price made a mistake by making his views public this week. Um, I'll just start off by saying, first and foremost, we're not a political podcast. We don't talk politics here. Uh, we're not going to pretend to be experts on the topics like politics and gun control and stuff like that. Uh, we're just going to be offering up our opinions on uh, Carey Price specifically. So I'll let you take the lead here, Rick.
2: I think what uh, my observation here, um, I am I, I, don't think he made a mistake. If you put yourself in the shoes of Kerry Price, and and that's difficult to do when politics are involved, um when when folks are are emotional about an issue or political about an issue, um, that they're always trying to use an issue for um, uh, you know to help further their their argument, I guess and And we saw that unfortunately, sadly, we saw that uh, with uh, you know taking Carrie Price's statement and then attaching it to um to different issues or causes or 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 whatever. Um, And and I was I was particularly disturbed by some of the media who, you know, they have a long history of bashing Carrie Price and and they just they just dove in to use a very sensitive issue, an issue we should all be very respectful about um, to, to, you know, whether it's Brendan Kelly or Stu Cowan or Jack. We know that they hate is a strong word. But they 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 go out of their way to um, uh, bash carry Price, and they did so again. And I thought that they were pretty irresponsible in, in doing so, uh, you know, bringing these sensitive issues in. Um, I think we should always try to be um, respectful and and sensitive, and 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 um, you know, set aside our own biases and and be tolerant of different perspectives. Um, and I, I just kind of asked myself, did Carry Price did, did he approach this, you know what he said initially with malice, with disrespect, with ignorance, and, and I'd say no to all of those things. Um, he didn't come to the he didn't come to his conclusions with any of that. Um, we have to understand I, I mean he, it it was it was quiet it was calm it was rational from his perspective because for him this isn't this isn't a political issue this isn't a this isn't a hobby this is this is this is a way of life um and and we know that this is in his culture this is something deeply rooted and providing food for the family is deeply rooted and you know i was i was moved by the whole story of of him being sent out uh, by his, his grandmother, um, you know, near the same ponds where he learned to skate, um, to go and fish for trout, um, and to go and, and take his his little pellet gun and 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 get grouse and and bring them back to her. Um, and and uh, she, you know praised him and, and, and that was his whole introduction. And he talked about, um, using a tool, um, and that his worry was that uh, legislation would res- would rest- restrict his tool, his way of life, uh, to him and 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 other um, farmers and 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 hunters, um, and and I think that, that that's we we have to understand uh, his kind of perspective that he went quite innocently into this. Um, you know the the Canadians uh, unfortunately um, have no experience. The current office holders, Chantal McAbee and and the other folks, they're good people. Uh, they have they have experience reporting. Uh, they don't have any experience in corporate communications. They don't have any experience in crisis communications. and they really botch this by by saying something without checking with Kerry about whether he had any knowledge um, of a uh, coal Polytechnique uh, they said he he had no knowledge of that and of course that was false uh, and they they made this I think unfortunately into a bigger issue than it it needed to be um, Price talked about his his heart and his prayers being with the families of that 1989 tragedy and and um, that of course being a member of the community, for 15 years, he was aware of it. And he was aware of the anniversary, um, and he talked about it was unfortunate the timing, but it wasn't necessarily his timing to put forward the legislation at the time. Um, and um, he said it, it you know, it, it was it was unfortunate circumstances, and he certainly apologized uh, to any of the victims' families who. Um, you know, we're upset by the discussion that, that and, and all of the, the amplification that happened um, afterwards. Um, and I thought that was that was absolutely appropriate. But um, I, I just think that, that we have to be a little more tolerant and we have to um, step into the shoes of folks before we, we uh, cast judgment.
0: Yeah, and those are a lot of really good points that you bring up there, Rick. Um, Hearing it from that perspective, too, uh, it it certainly changes what the story was uh, as opposed to what uh, we heard from a lot of the mainstream media. Um, In terms of was it a mistake, I'm going to soft disagree and say that I think there was maybe a little bit of a mistake in that uh, the Montreal Canadians organization did not handle this very well and turned it into much more of a PR disaster than it really should have been. And I think in the end, uh, like Carry Price's uh, apology statement was great. I think Carry Price himself actually ended up handling that pretty well uh, in terms of actually releasing a statement. Uh, at the end of the day to each throne, everybody, is allowed to have their own uh, opinions and they're allowed to put that out there. Uh, what turns it into a mistake unfortunately is that the media does have a tendency to take things and really run with it. Uh, I understand that uh, on carry Price's end maybe it wasn't meant to be uh, taken a certain way. Unfortunately I, I do think that uh, in this age with uh, the way social media goes and the way that uh, just the general media tends to go you have to really look at every single word down to the finer detail of what you're saying uh, before you put it out. Uh, And unfortunately, even if it wasn't meant to be taken a certain way and if the timing of it wasn't meant to be what it is uh, at the end of the day, the fact that the media was able to take something out of it kind of does turn into a bit of a mistake. I don't hold this against Kerry Price at all. I still think that Kerry's a great guy, but uh, Like I said, uh, unfortunately, when you when you have that much of a following and and you do put out a statement, you you do have to put in a lot of those extra precautions. And I do give Kerry Price credit for how he did end up handling the whole situation, too.
2: Yeah, the timing was was really, really unfortunate. And and, and he could have used uh, some guidance from a a, a very good uh, crisis management uh, team, um, um, a a communications management team.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, on uh, that, I think it's uh, a good time to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Please stay with us. You're listening to Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans.
0: Welcome back to episode 221 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out the website CanadiansConnection.com. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. It's at 5853 Rocket. That's 5853 Rocket. And welcome. To the have you say segment, we're going to get to our Canadians Connection question of the week momentarily. But if you need to know anything about the Montreal Canadians throughout the season, if you need help staying up to date, the best way to do that is by checking out all the content all the content available at all habs magazine at allhabs.net. First and foremost, every Monday, Chris G puts out the Habs notepad. He will give you a rundown of basically everything, starting with uh, Montreal Canadiens, uh, Laval Rocket, Trois-Rivières Lions, anything head office related, any in-depth news, news stories, uh, he'll have you covered there. Also, this past week, there was a really interesting feature put out by our Rocket Sports contributor, Gustav, and this relates to a very hot topic that uh, we've been dis- discussing within our team and on social media. It's entitled... Doc's future as a center. Rick, what can you tell us about this article?
2: Well, it's fascinating because we just finished talking about it in in the last uh, in our big topic segment, um, and and we know that Kirby Doc will be uh, will play center um, on Saturday night as we record. Uh, this came out on Wednesday, so as usual, uh, the Rocket Sports team is uh, a little ahead of the curve, and uh, and Gustav uh, talked about the different aspects. Of um Kirby Doc and his future uh, as a center and 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 talked about some of the different issues, uh, maybe some of the different issues than than we talked about um on the uh, in the second segment. It was a very popular article this week and and it should be. And and if you haven't read it, you should go to allhabs.net and look for it.
0: Also, please make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel at all habs. Every Thursday, Amy Johnson puts out a brand new episode of the Habs Hockey Report. Uh, She loves to interact with all her viewers. Uh, If you leave a comment, she responds to all of them. Uh, Please like and subscribe to that. Amy Johnson is a wonderful host and uh, she'll keep you up to date with everything you need to know about the Montreal Canadiens. Also, as you're listening today, please make sure you subscribe to the Rocket Sports Radio podcast, uh, The Canadian's Connection, uh, available at canadiansconnection.fm. This comes out every Saturday throughout the entire year. Uh, We'll keep you up to date on everything that happens with the Montreal Canadiens, and we always have a nice, fun, uh, uh, big topics discussion right in the middle. Sometimes we have interviews as well, so hit that subscribe button if you like what you hear, and uh, you can stay up to date every week. Also, every Tuesday, The Press Zone comes out. Uh, you can check that out at the Presszone.fm. That's hosted by Amy Johnson and Patrick Williams. Sometimes Rick Stevens gets in there, too. Uh, if you want to stay up to date with everything Habs Prospects, Laval Rocket, AHL, that's probably the best source to get that information. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, not uh, all AHL stati- statistics gets gets released. There's not a ton of coverage on that. So if you want to know more about it, uh, the press zone, that's the best way to get all your information. Also, uh, we are recruiting uh, if you are interested in joining our rocket sports text a uh, rocket sports team, please reach out to us. Uh, we take on all kinds of people uh, people who love social media, people who love so- uh, who love uh hockey, people who love writing uh, podcasting uh, if you have any kind of skill, please reach out to us uh, Rick, if people are genuinely interested in joining the team, what's the best way to do that?
2: go to allhabs.net and look for the join our team tab. Uh, we've had folks that have been with us a dozen years. We've had uh, folks that have just, like Gustav, uh, just started in the fall. Uh, we uh, have a great team, and uh, we enjoy working together, and and you might too.
0: Yeah, it's a ton of fun, uh, nice little family. If you like talking hockey and uh, Montreal Canadiens, I definitely recommend it. So you can check that out for sure. Now it's time to take a look at our Canadiens Connection question of the week. And uh, this uh, seems to be a reoccurring topic throughout our episode here. The question is, will Kirby Dock become the Canadian second-line centre? Um, Rick, what is your reaction to this?
2: It's interesting. There's lots of reaction. And and I think that, again, as as I mentioned in the second segment, that the Canadians fans have a little trouble getting their head around. Some Canadians fans, some of them get it. Some of them know why the trade was made. Um, but uh, some of them just aren't there yet uh and earlier in the week um when when we asked the question when gustav's article came out there was quite a discussion on our all habs facebook page that's facebook.com slash all habs uh, make sure that you like the page uh, we have more than fifty one thousand uh, canadians fans who stop by regularly uh and and engage uh and discuss uh important issues and and when this whole uh topic came up there was sure there was a lot of support for uh kirby doc becoming the canadian's regular uh second line center but there's there was others and i'll read one um this comes from harry w turkish who says lol this nonsense just won't go away there's so many people out there smoking the well whatever they're smoking uh when you see doc's game you see winger it's he's a winger just accept it and move on Any other further discussion is getting silly. Um, And others joined in and and said that they uh, agree. Um, uh, Sean Edwards said uh, the Canadians don't need uh, Kirby Dock as as a centre because they will be getting Pierre-Luc Dubois as the second-line centre next season. Uh, Good luck with that. Um, Others talked about... uh, Owen Beck uh, being able to take that second line center spot, uh, which may be a bit of a reach. Um, so there was a healthy, uh, there's a healthy disagreement. Uh, there was a healthy discussion, uh, maybe a little education going on. Uh, but this was a very hot topic this past week. Uh, the Canadians connection question of the week.
0: Yeah, I like Owen Beck. Not sure that I uh, think that he'll be the second line center anytime soon, unfortunately, but uh, you know, it always great to hear from uh, our many listeners and the uh, people uh, who enjoy our content. So uh, keep the discussion going on Facebook. And uh, like I said, if you have anything else uh, that you want us to hear, feel free to reach out to us by text, uh, our rocket sports text line, five, eight, five, three rocket. It's always open and available for our many wonderful listeners. Taking a look at our uh, next week uh, for upcoming Montreal Canadiens games. They're going to be at home for a little bit. uh, Starting tonight, Uh, the LA Kings will make a trip into Montreal, uh, and then a couple days later on the 12th, uh, Calgary comes into Montreal looking for revenge. Uh, maybe Sean Monaghan can uh, take off uh, the boots and uh, suit up for that game as well. Uh, Montreal goes uh, traveling just a little bit down the road to Ottawa on the 14th. That'll be a fun uh, interdivisional uh, matchup there. These are two teams that I think uh, kind of comparable about where they are right now. And then uh, the very next day, uh, they're back in Montreal, and they welcome the Anaheim Ducks. So Trevor Zegres, always enjoy watching him. So a lot of great hockey coming up in the next little while.
2: For sure. And welcoming Phil Deneau back to the Bell Centre on uh, Saturday night. Uh, the Canadians, uh, the following week, will be uh, away for seven or eight games uh, heading into the new year. But uh, if you n- were not a fan of the late nights, Uh, The Canadians are home almost all uh, of January, Uh, so we should see regular, I I believe there's a matinee in there, but other than that, uh, you'll see the regular 7 o'clock start all throughout January.
0: Awesome, looking forward to all of that happening, love watching hockey in the winter and uh, can't wait to get it started. Uh, So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Please subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast on your favorite podcast app and share on social media if you liked what you heard. We'll be back here next Saturday on Saturday, December the 17th for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.